Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Seychelle Van Poole. I'm Via Williams. And I'm Wendy Papazan. Guys, we are on episode three of our six-part series on wealth building. Today, we're talking about uh, how to build What are the tactics you need to build massive, massive wealth? If you didn't listen to our last episode, make sure you tune in where we shared our first three tactics for building massive wealth. Uh, And today we're going to talk about our final three, which is learn the rules of money, learn how to leverage your money and your time, and surround yourself with success. So let's just jump into it, guys. Uh, Tactic number four is learn the rules of money. If you listen to our first episode, uh, you'll remember Via talking about how five years ago, gosh, she just didn't really know a lot of stuff about money, you know, and I feel the same way, right? Mm-hmm. You you learn a little bit every year, right? Maybe you read a book, maybe you read two books, maybe you listen to a few podcasts, maybe you, you know, go maybe to a class. Maybe you listen to like this podcast. Maybe you listen to there. this podcast. Maybe you share I this podcast so. with your friends. And then all of a sudden you look up and in a year, five years, 10 years, 15 years, all of a sudden you actually know a lot of stuff about money. So Tactic number four is really important. If you didn't grow up learning about money, guess what? Neither did any of the rest of us, okay? The only thing that I learned about money growing up was that your parents fight about it, okay? Mm-hmm. So um, I would love to hear, guys, what are some of your favorite podcast books, movies, anything um, that have taught you the rules of money? I love that. Um, the first book I ever read that, like, just plugged me into like what this whole thing was about. I was in my early 20s and it was absolutely Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, I didn't understand what investment properties were. I always thought landlords were just like literal guidos and like just not good. So that just totally changed my whole mindset around what money was, what investing was, how that worked. Like I had never been exposed to that before. So that was definitely like number one for me. And one recently, Wendy, you turned me on to, which changed my mindset around how I got, like how I look at my return on investment for what I'm investing in has been the lifestyle investor for me. That's been a really big one. So I'll start off with those two. Those have been really, really big for me. I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I Lifestyle think Investors that, um, by Justin Donald. Just, I'm writing that down give, right give now. The, yep. Justin Donald. Yeah. Donald. Lifestyle Investor, Justin Donald, also my neighbor. Hey, Justin, yep. if you're listening, Justin also has a oh, great podcast. Cool. Uh, I doubt he listens to ours, but maybe he does. Uh, really good book. Really accessible, right? A lot of times mm-hmm. we think wealth, mm-hmm. learning about wealth building is is hard and it's confusing. And uh, Lifestyle Investor is very, very, very accessible. And there's a, yeah. a lot of tactics. Yeah, a lot of tactics. Mm-hmm. Whereas... Rich Dad, Poor Dad, who is, can somebody Google? That's Robert Kiyosaki. Robert Kiyosaki. Right? Yeah. Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. Because so it's a cash flow call. Yeah. He, yeah. that's a mindset book. So yeah. if you're going to, if you're thinking about reading that book and getting a lot of tactics from it, you're not going to. It's a mindset no. book. And that's why, it's, that's why it's number one, right? Because most of our success yeah. is our mind. So yeah. I love that. Yep. It opened me up. Uh, but also he wrote a book, The Cash Flow Quadrant. And that was a whole separate yes. book, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Which yep. is a great book. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he actually has a game. I don't know if you guys have ever played that game, yes. Cashflow. Once I have, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so fun. Great game to play. Kind of like kids. a Monopoly. Only play it with your neighbors. Game. Yeah, yeah. It's a really great. Mm-hmm. It's a really great game. And a lot of times you can find them used because they're very expensive to buy new. 
Um, funny story great, about that game. A great game. Mm-hmm. I was introduced to, it was that book, Seychelles, and Millionaire Next Door. I read them both in, in succession mm-hmm. with each other, and I can't remember who wrote The Millionaire yeah. Next Door. And oh, it was like, I don't even know how long ago, 15 years ago, right? 15 yeah. odd years ago. And um, it, my friend just was really pressuring me, like, you need to start investing in investment properties. So we bought one investment property in Moses Lake, Washington, which we still owe. And anyway, she invited me to all of her investment group to her house, um, me and my husband, and we had a great night. And they are all, they're really interesting, cool people. And we played that game. And mm. once I started getting my head screwed on and realizing that I should have done it a long time ago, all of those guys are retired multimillionaires who own mm. a ton of properties they bought in like the early 2000s. And I look back I and realize I was playing cash flow quadrant with them or that cash flow game. And mm-hmm. they were, she was like, Via, why aren't you doing this? Come join us. <laughs> I just want to kick myself. Dang it. Oh, oh dang it. So well, here is the reality of that, Via. Here is the reality of that is oh. a lot of us. So I started out my career real, as a real estate investor. And then I start, I got into real estate uh, to save money on investment properties. And along the way, uh, building a real estate team or building any business is very, very distracting. It so really it's very, is. very easy for those of yeah. you who are building big businesses to get completely distracted and think about your baby, right? I mean, mm-hmm. let's get real. Your business is probably mm-hmm. the most important totally. thing to you. Sorry, kids, if you're ever totally. listening to this someday. <laughs> uh, the reality is it's very, very distracting. So you forget to do the other stuff. You have to be really intentional about it. The gift that I got is that was my passion. You know, I started before I started mm-hmm. my business. Uh, but honestly, if I look at it, if, if I had if I had just focused on real estate investing, but the, but the irony is we needed the business to, to, buy, the, to yep. buy the real estate. So That's having right. a nice cash cash flow business along with real estate investing can be anyway. really awesome. So I do want to add though a couple things because uh, they haven't been mentioned yet. So um Bigger Pockets was a really huge impact in my life as far as investing. Mm-hmm. So both the podcast, I've read two of their books. I read um, Out of State Investing and the Burr book, whatever, buy, repeat, mm-hmm. the whole thing. Um, and then I also joined um, their premium website for, for just that first year to kind of use their tools and their calculators. And also the Windmate Give podcast from Ben Kinney was really impactful for me. You guys were impactful for me. I have to say our Net Worth Club and our Her Rich Life was hugely impactful for me. So we want. I just want to add those things. And then lastly, The Wealthy Code, which is this random freaking book. It looks like it's like homemade investing. Like, like you know, those like self-publishing where they, they design their covers on, you know, on their computer. It looks like one of those. <laughs> mm-hmm. That book transformed my relationship with cash flow investing. Mm-hmm. And it was like the light bulb that clicked with me with, you know, everything I invest in, like, what is the cash flow I want out of that? It was really impactful for me, but don't get excited when you see it. Like it's, you know, it's not sexy. Love that. So. Well, and you talked about several books by David Green, who uh, is mm-hmm. a longtime podcast host of the Bigger Pockets podcast. And we actually did an interview with David. He's the only male that's ever been on Empire Building Podcast, uh, episode 74. And it's actually, ironically, our- 72, episode 72. Mm, There you go. 
Okay, great. Awesome. And then a shout out too, if you're interested in investing in real estate specifically, there's a couple of good tactical books. There is Hold that Keller Williams has put out and also The Millionaire, Millionaire Real Estate Investor and Flip. All three are really good. And then um, another one actually that one of our friends wrote, Sarah, we- Sarah Weaver wrote this, which is called 30 Days Stay. So if you're doing short-term rentals, she's written that one and I'm just really mastered that. So I just want to give her a shout out too because I just finished that book and it was very tactical and um, great for implementation too. If you're in the real estate investing, like rental property space, any of those are really good ones. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I would just add a few more, which is Set for mm-hmm. Life by Scott Trench, mm-hmm. which is really a primer uh, for investing. So if you're like, I don't know where to start. All of these seem overwhelming. I don't need anything tactical. I just want something that kind of tells me all the options. Set for Life is really good. And he is, it's kind of geared towards millennials. So if you're a millennial, there you go. I, I personally enjoyed it. I'm not a millennial. Go Gen X. Um, and then <laughs> we've the got edge. the, uh, <laughs> I'm on the edge. Uh, mm-hmm. Via and I are, are square, squarely, squarely Gen X. Um, and then True. The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. I read oh, that yeah. a couple of times in 2021. I really loved it. I need to read and that. And that sort of, that demystified the stock market to me. That's your next okay. one. I need to read that. hundred percent. Yeah. I read it twice. J.L. Collins wrote it for his daughter because uh, oh, cool. he wanted to help simplify the stock market for her. And it's awesome. It just really simplified it for that. me. Love took that. all the mystery out of it. And then if you're interested, our sister podcast is what I would call it, uh, which is the Real Estate Invest Her podcast. Yeah. Shout out to Liz and Andresa. Uh, they run a really good uh, tactical podcast. They've got lots of guests. Uh, it's, it's a lot of those are uh, for for beginners, and um, same with bigger pockets, you can kind of pick and choose. Like if you're like, mm-hmm. ooh, I'm really curious about Roth IRAs, or I really don't know something about this. You can you can look and you can pick and choose, and you can learn a lot in a short amount of time by listening to those. Love, Love that. that. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Okay. So we've talked about some of the things as far as investing in. Let's talk about your next part, which is learning how to leverage your money and your time. This is tactic number five. And, you know, when I think about that, I think, you know, you're going to be spending time doing something either way. You have a choice to make. You can choose to be rich. You can choose to be poor. You can um, sell your time for an hourly wage. You can sell your time to invest. You can You know, when you think about like the wealthiest people in the world, their time is their biggest asset. We all have the same amount of it in a day. And so, you know, when you think about leverage and you think about how you're growing your wealth, time is one of those things to think about too. Um, And I know like Wendy, I love it. She has a goal to be a time billionaire. And, you know, when you think about that, really what you do with your time defines what your opportunity looks like. And it also defines where you're going to find um, joy and contentment and happiness. And it also defines where you find your stress. So let's talk about how we actually do that. What's the first step if you're like, I'm trying to figure out how to leverage and get some of my time back. What would be the first thing you do? Wendy, you've got a great exercise that we do with this. Well, before sure. we go into well, steps, so I want Wendy to yeah. talk about what it means to be a time billionaire. I think you should define that. Time. It's so oh, good. I love yeah. that. So a time billionaire, so if you are a billionaire, if you are a regular billionaire, a money billionaire, let's say, 
you have all of the money in the world and you can do whatever you want with it. And a time billionaire is actually, I would argue, more valuable than being a regular billionaire because we all know billionaires, I'm not gonna name any who just bought Twitter, who seem to be very <laughs> stressed and angry and work all the Carrying time. Things and, and yeah. Exactly. And um, mm -hmm. his, he's my neighbor. He's not my neighbor, but he does live in Austin. <clears throat> and he's homeless. I don't think he has a home, does he? I think he sleeps in his office. Poor guy. No, I think he's famous for not having a home. For real. Well, he's like living at that friend of his on, on Lake Austin. That's what I that's what I hear anyway. Got it. Got um it. that's the rumor. That's the real estate rumor here in Austin, Texas. Probably true. Uh, so so a time billionaire is someone who has all the time in the world and they can do whatever they want with it. So that's what a time billionaire is. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then to answer and your question, Seychelles, the first thing that you want to do is when you're thinking about how to how to leverage is you want to create a not-to-do list. I was just telling my gals earlier uh, before we started recording that a hire I made last year has given me a lot of my time back. So uh, last year when Jay and I had a retreat, I said, there's all these things that need to get done. Like I've got to do a cost segregation study and we got to set up these trusts and I got to get all these properties and LLCs. And he said, well, you should just hire somebody to do that. And this person will have paid for themselves many times over after just one year. And so I was essentially buying my time back, right? I'm buying my time back. Um, and so you constantly have to create a not-to-do list for yourself because I know you guys, I know all of you listeners, I'm talking to mm -hmm. you right now. You, <laughs> you think you can do all the things. You think you can do all the things and you shouldn't be doing them all, okay? Stop yelling Just at me. because you can do all the things. <laughs> I know, I am, I am looking. The, uh, the, Squarely at me. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> the, uh, no, not anymore. <laughs> I feel seen um, in the wrong way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah, so just because you can do all the things doesn't mean you can. So you need to or create should. your not to do yeah. list. Your not to do list. Put a piece of paper on your desk. Write my not to do list. And every time you have that feeling of like, I don't want to do that, or I know I'm not going to, I know I'm not going to be good at it, or there's somebody else that can do it 80 percent as well as I can, then you put that on the list. And you know, maybe you can't afford to hire someone right now, right? That's the reality. Uh, and someday you will hire that person. You will have the opportunity. Um, to hire that person to buy that that much of your time back. We were just talking so. about this, like, before this episode, about how, like, it takes financial wealth to become a time billionaire. You know, that and that yeah. that's the, the cool mm -hmm. concept about it because yep. you are buying your time back, right? And because yep. um, I think the not-to-do list is something we've all done because we've done it together before. Like, we, we've mm -hmm. literally gone on retreats and done it together. But have you guys ever calculated your hourly wage? Yeah. Have you ever calculated uh, how much you make mm -hmm. and how many hours you work? And you can blend things together, whatever it is. But when you start calculating your hourly wage and you start going, oh, I'm actually like, what, I'm doing my working hours, like, you know, making effectively like $200 an hour, you start realizing yeah. hiring a cleaning person for $50 an hour is actually saving you money. Right. That you're, yeah. you're, you know, you're, you're preserving energy. And I would actually add energy to this, by the way, money, time, and yes. energy. Because Wendy, when I heard you talk, 
Well, I was like, oh, she's preserving brain space and energy and yes, like just exactly. That. that makes me take yep, a deep breath yep. even just hearing that. Yeah, totally. <sighs> yes. Yes. Take a deep breath. <laughs> yes. Whew. Yeah. Let love it out. It. I love it. I love it. That is awesome. uh, yeah, so figure out your hourly wage. Super easy way to yeah. do it. Think about all the money you made this year, okay? Divide that by all the time you spent making it. Boom, that's your that's hourly right. wage. Very simple. And if you don't know Very how simple. much time you spend, the average person works 2,000 hours a year. So you could take there what you, you made, go. divide it by 2,000, and at least you have a basic average. Boom. Oh, I didn't Super know that. That's right kind of cool. That yeah, means so that think for about a lot how- of us, it's 3,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there's some of you that may be 3,000. Yep. And that's okay, too. It's just good to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good to know. Um, So you you can buy your time back, right? We talked about rich people selling, uh, sorry, rich people buying their time, poor people sell their time. And so you can buy your time back at work in many ways, right? Lots of ways to buy your time back at work. Um, I say, I tell everybody I fired myself from every job on my team. Now I started, it was just me. And then I fired myself from every job. And then you can buy your time back at home, right? Get a housekeeper, uh, get someone to pay your bills, get someone to cook for you, whatever that thing is that you just don't like to do, right? And just don't let um, stereotypes around chores kind of hold you back. You know, I think sometimes there's a lot of sexism around chores, like, oh, hmm. you are the man, so you have to take out the garbage. Well, gosh, maybe you don't like to take out the garbage, right? Um mm-hmm. Probably not going to pay someone to pay, take your garbage out, but I feel certain that there are plenty of people who do that. So actually one of our yeah. friends um daughters just started a trash wheeling business and for a dollar a week in her neighborhood she will wheel out all the neighbors trash. And That's actually a really good little business. So if for your kids who are entrepreneurs it's a great yeah. recurring revenue stream for your kids. Uh, especially for second Who wouldn't home. do that for a dollar? $4 oh, a awesome. month? It's right? Amazing. You could I mean that is that is boom. leverage right there. Boom. For sure. Yeah, that's so smart. That's actually super Can I, brilliant. Just to add, I think a lot of people like me, let's just talk about me. Um, I always think, I used to think anyway about like leveraging myself at work. Like, okay, I can get an assistant or I can petition my boss for an assistant or I can hire a company to help, all these things. Most of us should probably start with leverage at home. You know, it, and I always say if you are yeah. working full time, you yeah. a cleaning lady is part of your budget discussions. Like if you if, if working full time isn't paying for a cleaning person, you know, really look at what what that ratio is of your income and time spent, because it's just it's just a good preservation of energy to not have to do that when you get home. But, you know, leveraging pre-made meals, leveraging, mm-hmm. you don't have to hire a personal chef to do that. There's so many companies now that deliver stuff. Mm-hmm. And even if it takes the burden off a couple days a week, you know, something. So I, I just think that leverage yeah. at home, um, Wendy is really good at talking about that. But we should talk about that here and just remind everybody that that can yeah. also help you at work. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's not easy to do leverage at home. I mean, especially for yeah. our female listeners, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure, right? It's it's kind of generational yeah. pressure that uh, in order to be a good mom, a good wife, a good woman, 
you need to be doing some of these chores, right? Remember, we're only a couple of generations removed from the 50s when 95% of women um, stayed at home and, and worked at home. And their main way of being a good mom and a good wife was to was to do all those things, was to cook, was mm-hmm. to clean, take care of the kids, all that kind of stuff. So we have all that pressure inside of us and it's generational pressure mm-hmm. um, and it's hard to give up. It's really hard to give up. I know it's, it, it's hard, especially somebody who's thrifty like me, it's hard to, yeah. hard to spend money to do that and you feel guilty about it. And mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you that once you get a little taste of leverage, um, uh, it's hard to go back. Yeah. It's yeah, amazing. Yep. I think um, right. are we ready for habit the last habit? Yeah, yeah, tactic six. Okay. So um tactic one was, you know, learn the rules of money. And that's kind of studying, you know, listening and reading and everything. And then and then just um tactic two of this episode anyway was just um uh, say no and and learn how to manage your time, money, and energy, I would add, right? This last tactic is how I think and we all think you can accomplish that. (laughs) And that is who you surround yourself Mm. with is everything. Wendy mentioned something in the last episode that was so wise. When you're starting this journey for a lot of you, you feel poor at first because you're you're taking every available dollar for a while and you're putting that towards paying your investments and and putting them in savings and whatever it is you're doing. You f- you really do feel poor for a while. I cannot mm-hmm. stress enough how surrounding yourself with the right people during that time is everything. Had I have surrounded myself with people who are super uber focused on uh, materialistic things and going on expensive vacations and all of the things that I am prone to do, I would not have been able to get through that chapter, right? And 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 I'm lucky that I was with these guys and they, you know, they would have freaking wrung my neck if they would have seen me show up with a designer bag, right? Because they knew what I was trying to accomplish. Now, you know, since then, I have built in budget for, for some vacations. Like I just went to Patagonia, uh, a couple, you know, my husband and I went to Dubai and the Maldives. These are not inexpensive vacations, but you know, that was a well thought out budgeted tram thing. I have a couple designer things too, but who I have surrounded myself with in this is everything. And for me, that means really specifically for those of you who need specifics on this, surround yourself with people on the same wealth building journey as you. Surround yourself with people that have similar goals and are trying to achieve the same thing. It doesn't mean we 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 dust all of our old friends and family who are not on this journey. It does mean that we are very purposeful and intentional about spending as, as much of our extra texting and talking and uh, hanging out time with people who are on the same page and are going to respect and encourage us to keep our frugal ways or whatever it is we have to do to get there. Anything you guys would add to that? You know, I just think about like when I look at why we built Her Best Life, why we have Empire Circle within that group, it is truly because we understand what the power of not only our happiness and our businesses have done by being in a room with all of our founders, but what our net worth has done too. Mm -hmm. 
together. And I think about that if you are trying, if you're lonely and trying to figure this out, or maybe like, I think a lot of us too, we may have friends in our neighborhood where you can, or in our cities that we are friends with, but maybe you can't talk about money with. Um, find a group that you can. And that's exactly why we built Her Best Life. That's why we have Empire Circle. That's why we have Net Worth Club is so that you can have a safe place around people that are supportive and want to see you thrive and succeed to be the best version of yourself and uh, to, you know, get out there and, and build your net worth too. So, you know, if you are on this journey we're glad that you're with us. We're glad you're here today. We want to thank you for joining us for our part three of our six-part series around wealth building and specifically today, the tactics that you need in order to build wealth. And, you know, we invite you to come on this journey with us. So thanks for joining us today. Can't wait to see you next episode and uh, go out there and build a big business and an even bigger life. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye guys. Just a reminder, you guys, as we are running through this awesome wealth building and money series with you, we just want to give you a quick blanket reminder because our friends at Keller Williams and the legal team would thank us for it, that we are not financial advisors, CPA, tax advisors, or anyone that is tied to your individual finances. So if you are wanting more information about this, these are tips, ideas, tactics, and ways in which you can build wealth. But always, find a seasoned professional that is a seasoned professional in this specific field that you're needing help with to assist you in your finance, tax, or wealth building journey.